bands here on Monster Kid Radio lately. We've been doing all the Monster Bash coverage, and I haven't played any songs from any of the artists that have allowed us to play their music on the show, so I thought we'd get back into that. This is the song Epiphany in a Haunted House. It's from the band Monsters from Mars. It appears on their Atlantis EP. You can find out more about them over at MonstersFromMars.com or follow the links over in the show notes at MonsterKidRadio.net. That's the website for the podcast Monster Kid Radio, where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear i'm your host and producer writer derek m cook i want to welcome you to episode 112 where we're going to continue our monster bash coverage i hope you guys and gals haven't gotten tired of me talking about monster bash i haven't gotten tired of talking about monster bash but i have gotten tired of missing it man monster bash said it before so say it again gonna say it until the next time i go it's where i was meant to be ladies and gentlemen i gotta go back Obviously, I can't go back now. There's no event happening. However, to hold myself over, I've got recordings from the show. And I'm going to continue to share them with you here on Monster Kid Radio. In this episode, we've got two more interviews, two more recordings from Monster Bash. First, you're going to hear me sit down with author and film historian Gregory William Mank. This man's books grace my bookshelves. Well, not all of them. I got a lot of them on my Amazon wish list, but this man's books grace my bookshelves, and I love them. They're so in-depth, and they're written in a style that makes the information easy to digest. So what if the book that I had him sign for me was 701 pages long? It's so in-depth, so easy to read and understand and comprehend, and I love that he made an opportunity to sit down with me and chat a little bit about what he does and an upcoming book that he's got coming out. Also at the Bash was another historian, another writer by the name of Frank J. Delostrito, and he has a couple of books that I now have in my collection, thanks to him having them for sale at Monster Bash. I'm going to sit down and chat with him as well about what he does. He takes a slightly different approach to what he does, and I was fascinated by the story behind how he put Vampire Over London together, which we'll talk about in the interview. So we've got those two interviews coming up in this episode of Monster Kid Radio, and you know what? Why don't we just go ahead and get to that right after this. Hammer Film Productions began in 1934, and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Downplace is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer Films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey. Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling and amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. Hammer, that's vodka and orange juice. This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Downplace can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com Wait, that's a screwdriver. 1951 Downplace, the home of Hammer Films discussion.
Monster Kid Radio listeners. I'm here with Gregory William Mank, uh, kind of an expert in the field of, well, the movies that we love. How's the show treating you, sir? Doing great. Having a wonderful weekend and meeting a lot of neat people and having a terrific time. Now, I came by your table earlier and had you sign the book that is about the collaborations of Karloff and Lugosi. What's the exact title again for our listeners? It's uh, Beta Lugosi and Boris Karloff, the, uh, an expanded story of a haunting collaboration. And McFarland is the publisher, and it's still available. You said it's expanded, so this is like a, like a second edition, and there's been yes. many editions. Right. That's right. The first book was published in 1990, which was simply called Karloff and Lugosi, The Story of a Haunting Collaboration. And then over the years, so much more material turned up, many more interviews, um, much, much more information, stories about the films, all kinds of data that showed up. And so we decided to redo the book. And all of a sudden, we had a 700-page book <laughs> on our hands with many, many more pictures and many, many more everything. It was quite, a, uh, quite an adventure to do and, and, and a real privilege to write. We consider Karloff and Lugosi two of the patron saints of Monster Kid Radio. We just love what they do. And when they're together, they sparkle. Do you have a favorite collaboration for the two? I think the Black Cat uh, certainly is the the uh, best showcase uh, for both of them, and I, I think they're 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 marvelous in that they have a great alchemy together. Uh, they play off each other beautifully. Uh, they both have terrific moments. Uh, Edgar Ulmer, the director, really draws out the best from both of them, um, and they both really seem to relish the roles they have. And so I think that's certainly the the best showcase for the two of them together. I just saw uh, you'll find out for the first time the other day. What are your thoughts on that one? <laughs> well, it's a little hard to gauge because you have to figure that at that time, 1940, you know, Kate Kaiser was, uh, as a radio star, was a sensation. And everybody thought he was great and, and, and uh, his band was great and his singers were great. And so, obviously, you have to kind of put yourself in a time capsule to watch that film and go back all those years to see it, to see it in that context. But it's a fun movie. It has a lot of good production value to it and... Um, and, and Kaiser is a rather amazing talent uh, in his own way. Uh, and uh, the, the, the horror stars, Carlo Lugosi and Peter Lorre, who's also in it, all seem to be having a good time, and I'm sure they did. If you had to pick one or the other, if you can only have one, Carlo or Lugosi? Oh, gee, I, I, I'm not sure I can answer that <laughs> uh, because of the fact that they're both... I've loved both of them since I was six years old. I mean, the, 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 I remember seeing uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, uh, as a very little boy, uh, son of Frankenstein, as a very little boy, because my parents were, were uh, good enough to let me sit up late at night and watch them. And so from the big, very beginning, I had this uh, great affection for both actors. And so it'd be, it'd be awfully hard to choose between them at this point. <laughs> so I'm going to have to dodge the question, I'm afraid. <laughs> I always find myself on Team Lugosi, but no disrespect for Karloff, because I think they're both geniuses. So yeah. Now, I overheard you telling another person who came by your table, there's a new book out? Yes, there is. It's called The Very Witching Time of Night, Dark Alleys of Classic horror cinema. As we speak, it is just about precisely a day old uh, <laughs> coming from the publisher. It's a newborn. It's, it was a marvelous, fun story to write. It's, a lot of, it's 13 different chapters on all different aspects of, of classic horror and classic horror actors. Uh, there's stuff in there on Karloff, on John Barrymore, on John Carradine, uh, on Beta Lugosi, on Lon Chaney Jr., uh, on Shock Theater, on Parlamley Jr. Very interesting story. A lot of uh, very unusual information that nobody's really covered in depth before. So it was a lot of fun to write, a lot of fun to research. Now, these are available, I'm assuming, through Amazon. Is there somewhere that's better to pick them up for you? Amazon's fine. Uh, you can order them directly from the publisher, McFarland, uh, and get it that way. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always contact my website, which is uh, gregorymank.com, and uh, it'll have ordering information there as well. We'll make sure there's links to all of that in our show notes over at monsterkidradio.net so listeners can find that and check these books out. 
So again, Gregory's website is gregorymank.com. There will be a link in the show notes to go check that out. You can find his books for sale through McFarland. You can find them over at mcfarlandbooks.com or buy them on Amazon, like he said. And keep an eye on his website for any information about any new books that he's got coming out. I will go ahead and say this. There was about a minute and a half that I did not share on this episode of Monster Kid Radio because I'm going to hold on to it until uh, next year sometime. When we get closer to, well, 2015, you'll find out why. So again, thank you, Mr. Mank. Now, in that interview, I did try to nail him down. Boris Karloff or Bela Lugosi? Which one did he prefer most? And he, you know ultimately couldn't really decide well this next film historian i think we can say is firmly on team bella lugosi at least as far as one of his books is concerned that's vampire over london bella lugosi in britain and that was written by frank j delostrito and andy brooks we have an interview with mr strito right here Hey, monster kid radio listeners i'm sitting here at frank delostrito's table I just sat in on a talk about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein with the man at Monster Bash. How's the show treating you, sir? Oh, pretty good. I'm selling my new books, and a lot of people are coming by and talking to me, so I'm learning a lot, telling a lot. It's great. Well, speaking of learning a lot, I've learned a lot about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein just in your talk. We're going to share that with the listeners down the line. When was the first time you saw that film? I can give you the date. I can give you the time. It was June 24th, 1961. I, was, I had just turned 11, and I opened the Sunday paper on June 18th, and saw the movies for the week, and there was a movie called Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. It meant nothing to me except it had Abbott and Costello in it, and that's what I wanted to see. That's great. I mean, I saw Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein first out of all the monster movies. That's the first one I saw on television as a kid. And, of course, it made me go back to watch all the monster movies, which I think is what you were relaying to us, too, as well, right? Yeah. I mean, For 70 years, this movie has been taking kids that turn in for juvenile entertainment and turning them into monster kids. This is the movie that is the intro movie to the world of gothic monsters for young viewers. It's a great gateway drug. Yeah, it's a gateway drug. That's exactly right. (laughs) Now, Abbott and Costello would go on to do other Meet the Monster type movies. You said in your talk that you thought this one was kind of the pinnacle and everything kind of, eh. Uh, Yeah, no, you can get in some arguments on that. But I think any of the Abbott and Costello movies after Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein just don't compare. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, their careers kind of fall off a cliff after that. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is, is their pinnacle. Now, we just talked about Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man on our show. Do you have any thoughts about that film? Well, it's been a while since I've seen it. It, it is a remake of The Invisible Man Returns. And it's actually down to some of the old dialogue. So your, your listeners should play The Invisible Man Returns and play Abbott and Costello meet The Invisible Man, and they'll see that. Some changes were made. I, I like the movie, but, it's, uh, but comparing it to Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is just unfair to it. It, it just can't hold up. I think Myth Frankenstein is my favorite of the monster meetups, but Invisible Man is my second favorite right now, so I love those. I wanted to ask you, have you read the novel Return of the Wolfman by Jeff Rovin? I have not, so I can't talk about it. I was going to ask you, though, because he brings up a theory in that movie. His theory is that the Abbott and Costello characters in, I'm sorry, in that book, his theory is that the Abbott and Costello characters in Meet the Wolfman are the same characters through all the Abbott and Costello Meet movies. It's just that they keep having horrible experiences, changing their names, moving somewhere else and starting over, and oops, it happens again. What are your thoughts? thoughts on that i hope that's the case i I think that would be great i uh you know it's kind of hard to see how some guys could go through the army the navy and the air force all during world war ii (laughs) but other than that i think that's a great idea they are or maybe they are delusionals who keep having 
different nightmares every night with different names. So I'll go for that. Yeah, I like the idea. And then the other thing that always kind of caught me about Meet Frankenstein specifically, the last time we saw Lon Chaney Jr., he was cured. He walked off into the sunset with the woman, and then Meet Frankenstein comes along, and he's got the, the disease again. What are your thoughts on that? A lot of people have said that he was cured. How, what's he doing back? Well, in House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, and the Wolfman, he was killed. That's uh, true. <laughs> so, uh, and he came back. The cure just didn't take. Or the other way they're saying it, uh, Dr. Edelman took care of the physical uh, symptoms, but he can't deal with the supernatural. A few full moons later, Lawrence Talbot came back must have been a horrifying experience for him to realize that he hadn't escaped it but that's i'm sorry that's what happened <laughs> that makes sense to me i'll buy it okay i'm sitting here at your table you've got a number of books where can people find your books what are the books okay i have three books uh the first one i wrote co-authored with andy brooks is vampire over london battle lugosi in britain battle lugosi fans will know that he went to britain in 1951 looking for a comeback uh, didn't find it and came home. And since most of the interest about him is in America, those eight months he was in Britain were pretty much written off. You know, he went there, nothing much happened, he came back. Well, I know, his fans know that he, the man couldn't go eight months without a paycheck. So when I was living over there, my wife and I were there, and, and I hooked up with Andy Brooks, my uh, co-author, and we started tracking people down that had worked with him. We tracked people down that had met him and, and, and knew a lot about him. And the neat thing about them was is that no one had ever mentioned it before. Uh, you go to Hollywood, you can find the old-timers that knew the old stars, but they've all been talking about it for 50 years. These people had never to- given their reminiscences before, and we were able to get that. And what started off as a magazine article turned into a whole-length book, and we found the theme. The theme was Bela Lugosi's Last Hurrah. Uh, good or bad, he could never do this again. When he got back to America, age was catching up to him, his health problems were there, and he just couldn't work like that again. So this was Dracula's last hurrah. Uh, the second book is a collection of my essays. It's called A Quaint and Curious Volume of Forgotten Lore. And uh, it is uh, about 1930s and 40s horror movies. And I get into a lot of history in there, but I'm more concerned with the mythology. I get into what is on the screen and just off the screen that you might not notice. Things like incest themes in, in uh, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, what does Dracula oh. represent? Any number of themes that run through King Kong. Uh, Frankenstein's monster as the unwanted child. Frankenstein's fa- Frank- Dr. Frankenstein as the unwilling father. And so on and so all, all the classic monsters. The Wolfman as Odysseus. <laughs> so I, I get into that. and I, I, wow. it's, it's entertaining. It's not heavy stuff. It's very entertaining. So that's the book number two. Book number three is just coming out. This is the premiere of it at the Munster Bash. It's called I Saw What I Saw What I Saw It, growing up in the 1950s and 60s with old movies and television reruns. And I, I'll admit I grew up a television addict until I discovered Saturday matinees, and then I became a movie addict. <laughs> and it's a, it's a history of, of the post-war America through the eyes of a young child. I go through a lot of the television, et cetera, that I watched, the movies that I saw. But I also go through Sputnik and... Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot going on in the background. Oh, wow. So those are my three books. The first two books are available on Amazon. The third one will be available on Amazon as soon as I can post it there. And I'll have a website up soon, cultmovies.com, which is not up as we speak, but will be up soon, where you can buy all three books. We'll keep an eye out for that website to go up as soon as it does. We'll make sure our listeners know about it and put it on our website so people can check it out. I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us here. Thank you, and uh, I wish you great luck on your show. And if you ever need a call-in guest, I, I'm available. Sounds like a plan, and uh, I think I have to buy one of your books now. 
Oh, you don't have to, but that's always appreciated. <laughs> I started reading Vampire Over London on the way home from Monster Bash. Fantastic book. Very interesting. I'm fascinated by the career of Bela Lugosi. Now, I want to be clear. I love Boris Karloff, too. Like I told Mr. Mank, we consider Karloff and Lugosi two of the patron saints of Monster Kid Radio. Right alongside John Agar, of course. But I am fascinated with Lugosi, and I don't think he gets the props that he deserves. Vampire Over London is giving him props. It's giving us a look at what his career was like over in the UK while I was trying to make a go at Dracula and a couple of other things. So fascinating book. Great interview. And we talked about having Mr. Strito on the show down the line as well. Now, as far as his take on Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and the other meet the monsters movies, I will have to respectfully disagree. I really enjoyed Abbott and Costello meet the invisible man. But you know what? He's right, and I think Joe Stuber would agree. Meet Frankenstein is the pinnacle, the best of the Abbott and Costello monster meetups. In fact, we're going to get into some Abbott and Costello action here on Monster Kid Radio next week. As of this recording, as it stands right now, Joe Stuber and I are going to meet on Skype, and we're going to talk about the next Abbott and Costello movie in the Abbott and Costello Meet the Monsters kind of sort of series. That would be 1953's Abbott and Costello Meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our overall bash experiences a little bit. And I think we even have some interview with the ultimate Abbott and Costello tribute team. They were performing at Monster Bash. Joe Stuber sat down and interviewed them while I was checking out the dealer's room, other presentations, getting other recordings, that sort of thing. It's so good to have other podcasters at the bash with you, especially if they have their own recording gear. Joe Stuber did this interview Scott Morris recorded a number of the special presentations, so we're going to be hearing those on the shows down the line. We're going to hear Frank Delostrito's presentation on Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein down the line as well, again, courtesy of Scott. So we have that coming up, but again, next week is Abbott and Costello Meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, as well as an interview with the Ultimate Abbott and Costello Tribute Team. Until then, if you want to learn anything about Monster Kid Radio, I recommend you check out our website at monsterkidradio.net. From there, you're going to find links to our Facebook group, our Live 365 channel, our Flickr album, our YouTube page. Basically, everything that you need to know about Monster Kid Radio between episodes is right there. If you're not on Facebook, we have an active Facebook group where conversations are happening between listeners between episodes. We also have a Facebook page that we would ask you to like if you are somebody who uses Facebook. I mentioned the Live 365 channel. Live 365 is a streaming radio station, and Monster Kid Radio's Live 365 channel is nothing but music and sounds from monster movies from the 1930s to the 1960s, with the occasional bit of music from something like the Monster Squad or Matinee thrown into the mix. Live 365 does have advertising on it, so... If you want to avoid those commercials, you can become a VIP member. I just ask that if you do that and you pay for it, do it while you're listening to Monster Kid Radio. We get like two or three pennies out of that. Additionally, another way to maybe throw a couple of pennies our way, back at Monster Kid Radio, click on the Amazon Store button. You're going to find links to the movies, the music, and the books that we talk about here on Monster Kid Radio. I've made sure that Gregory William Mink's books and Frank J. Delostrito's books are listed there as well. We get like... Well, honestly, I don't know what the percentage is, but if you buy them that way, you're supporting the show. Now, if you want to get a hold of us here at Monster Kid Radio, we have a couple of ways you can do that. You can email us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or you can give us a call at 503-479-5657. That's 
M K R. That's a voicemail line. It's through Google, so there's got a three minute limit. So keep that in mind if you need to call in. And finally, I wanted to thank everybody who turned out at the Monster Kid Radio crash when we all went to the Joy Cinema here in Tigard, Oregon for a showing of Creature from the Black Lagoon at the Joy Cinema. I introduced the film, and Jeff, the owner of the Joy, introduced me. So thank you so much to Jeff, and thank you to everybody who joined us out there. I had a blast talking about the movie to a crowd of, well, I don't want to ruin it, but I was surprised by the number of people who hadn't seen the movie before. That was great to be in a movie theater with people who had never seen the film before, and it was in 3D. It was polarized 3D. It looked damn good. We'll be sharing that with everybody. Speaking of Creature, I haven't mentioned this in a few weeks, but... If we can get 50 honest reviews in the iTunes store, Monster Kid Radio will launch a Creature from the Black Lagoon spinoff podcast. It'll be nothing but Creature from the Black Lagoon related topics. As of this recording, we have 48 reviews in the iTunes store. Two more honest reviews. We're going to pull the trigger on the Creature from the Black Lagoon spinoff show. I don't know what we're going to call it yet, though. So if you have any ideas on what we could call it, well, call it in or drop me an email. You're probably tired of hearing me yammer on. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Epiphany in a Haunted House. That belongs to Monsters from Mars. It appears on their Atlantis EP. You can find them over at MonstersFromMars.com. Talk to everybody next week.